Hello again, and welcome to another episode of Friends, Facts, and Fiction. As always, this podcast is made possible by our local convenience stores, the misappropriation of history, and you. And now to your hosts, Justin Hammonds, Brant Bramlett, and Drew Shellnut. All right, well, I guess I'll be Justin today. Do you want to be Justin today? <laughs> no, I can't so I guess, live up to that hype. Yeah, it's, it's all got to just go like this. All right. Wow. And then you go, what's up? What's happening, world? Right. I This hear, little podcast called Friends, Facts, and Fiction. It sounds like you got it. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you've nailed this uh, intro. I'm pretending to be Justin Hammonds. Far more than me. And I've got with me today our in-house producer, Grace Higginbotham, or G. Higgs, as she's known. Higgy Smalls. Higgs Smalls. Uh-oh. What up? And also looking at Drew Shellnut across the way. No, I ain't here. And then uh, on the real though, I am Grant Bramlett. Yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Justin's on the road today. Well, no, no, he's not. He's in Montana now. Yeah. He's no got to Montana. On the road. He's, he's in the Big Sky Country. He's yeah. in Big Sky Country. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but Crunchy. he's doing well. Big Sky Country. <laughs> Big Spy. Crunchy. Big Spy Crunchy. Big Spy Crunchy. Well, <laughs> Big Spy Crunchy. <laughs> we all kind of fucked that one up. <laughs> That's hard to say. Big, Big spy, spy crunchy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a good sushi roll. You should try it. Oh my God. They should have that in Big sky. Montana. No, like, Big spy at the one crunchy. sushi restaurant. It'd be their spider roll. It'll be their, spider, <laughs> It'll be their Big spider roll. Spy crunchy. Or just Big Sky Crunchy. God damn it. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Man, we're crushing this without yeah. Justin. We are. He's fired. <laughs> <laughs> but this is a little tweener thing we got going on. I figured we would uh, randomly call Justin in the middle of the episode, see if he answers <laughs> at all, and uh, give him a fun little surprise. And uh, sounds delightful. Supposed to have a buddy of mine on that is a fantastic uh, writer, and we had recently done like this little sketch comedy thing here in Nashville uh, called Trashville. Plan on keeping it going. Maybe start up a little podcast of his own. And uh, we might, you know, absorb it, or at least I'll be producing it, maybe part of it or whatever. But uh, Jaime's not here to talk about any of that. So, you know, fuck him. (laughs) (laughs) No, in all seriousness, we just uh, miscommunicated on the days. (laughs) We'll get him on eventually. We'll get him on eventually. He'll be in soon. But um, how's everybody's week been? Everybody doing okay? Everything's good. Weird. Things are transitioning. That's true. It is. Yeah. But good. That's, uh, would you care to talk about that? Um, well, I am not only the in-house producer for Friends, Facts, and Fiction, but I am now the company administrator and chief operations, uh, what do you call it? Officer? COO? COO, yeah. For Otter Creek Lawn Care, yeah, LLC. That's, that's very true. So people of Nashville, uh, if you need your, your lawn taken care of. It'll be taken care of just as well, but now you'll get really well-worded emails, and uh, I won't forget about you. That's very true. <laughs> <laughs> very uh, true. It's immediately more organized and much, much better. Uh, Sounding. Spoken. Good Written. spoken to the people that do the money, <laughs> that I, I do the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's nice. I know. Yeah, that's happening. <laughs> It is happening. It is happening. How about you, Drew? Um, yeah, you know, just uh, trying to find a doctor that's not going to give me medicine that sends me adverse reactions. But um, yeah, I'm I'm doing well. It's an easy uh, find. Yeah, you know, just don't apparently to not. Try Star Summit. 
in um, Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, not name dropping or anything. Our newest uh, sponsor. No, yeah, right. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by. <laughs> I, I was I was very I was very uh, uh, you know uh, <clears throat> coming from Tuscaloosa and knowing the medical background of the schooling there and knowing the medical backgrounding from being from Tuscaloosa about Auburn. I had no idea they had a medical program other than for animals. Yeah, I just thought it was like until, agricultural and, un, and Until the doctor walked in the other day with an Auburn tag on, and I was like, ah, this dude's a horse doctor. I imagine that was probably <laughs> Why is he working on me? master's program or, <laughs> or doctorate program down there. No, probably there, there, so. there definitely is. <laughs> there definitely is, but They're that was my first <laughs> thought. I was like, ah, oh, man. They're not just the cow college, they just the They just sent in, they just sent in the... The horse doctor to work on me. <laughs> What's wrong? What's wrong? <laughs> no, nah, but no. Nah, uh, everything's good. Um, I, I know way too much about electronics now. Um, if you uh, need a TV, talk to me, B. What? But, um, yeah, everything's cool. Uh, Carolyn and I are planning a trip to go to Woo. Clearwater, Florida. Ooh, fun. So nice. um, to doing a little... Bounce down to my mom, stay there, go to Clearwater for two days, only pay for one night, you know. Bounce down to Orlando, go to Universal. After we're done with that, drive to her sister's, since it's only like an hour, hour and a half away, mm-hmm. stay there. Nice. And then come back. So it's like uh, all in all, like six and a half days, but we're only paying for one night. That's great. The entire time. So uh, we get to, you know, use that money on like Universal and like... The beach and yeah, the fun things. things. Nice. Yeah, what yeah, the yeah. money should cool. be used. So for we're gonna do that in September, and that'll be it. over my birthday as well. So Woo-hoo. we didn't get a honeymoon last year. We don't have money to do what we want to do this year. So we're gonna. We both need a vacation. So we're yeah, we're gonna do that. Well, good for y'all. <clears throat> yeah. That's exciting. It is. It'd be nice to chill at the beach. Last time, uh, last two three times I've chilled at the beach. It's just been with. Uh, the lads. The, mm-hmm. the <laughs> lads. And, and that's been... Your mates. Yeah, yeah. And I've been a mermaid, so... Uh, <laughs> a mermaid? Merman? I don't know. Um, Steve, Steve did Steve were... did build a pretty convincing dick sticking <laughs> off of me when I was a mermaid. It was good. Got it. Delightful. I think I remember seeing images from that. Yeah. Or some, we some were, form we were sober. of photograph. Yeah, I've still got the video on my phone, so... Yeah. Yeah, we were sober. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Completely. What about you, Grant? Any, I'm a uh, mermaid. Any, I'm a mermaid. <laughs> <laughs> any changes, any updates, any life epiphanies oh, from this week? Probably a lot. Let's see. No. Crickets. <laughs> uh, no, actually, I feel like uh, everything's kind of finally settling down into some semblance of normalcy, whatever that means to me, you know? Uh, like, it's a chaotic enough of a schedule for me to like manage but not um uh be able to lose my mind over you know what i mean yeah so well, good that's pretty cool and you so been, your uh, plates are spinning but just not uncontrollably yeah exactly yeah, nice yeah. and you've been a massive help to that actually so well good i'm glad to hear thanks that. wife you're welcome husband making my life a <laughs> lot better I feel like a sitcom moment. I don't know. <laughs> it sure else. did, especially with your vocalizations on uh-huh. how the segment would have changed over to a new scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. Brody. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, 
Well, let's see if uh, Justin will answer the phone. If he doesn't, we'll just edit this out. <laughs> if he does, we'll keep it in. <laughs> what up, kid folks? Hey, what are you doing? I'm driving in Montana. What's up? Where at? Uh, on the way to Missoula. Oh, nice. Is that like a, that's like their only town, right? It's one of the three towns that are known. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Is Kayla with you? Uh, yeah. She's sweet, here. sweet. Well, she's, you're on the podcast because we missed you. She's driving and uh, I'm riding in the car. Oh, we live right now? Yeah, maybe sure we are. live. <laughs> <laughs> What's well, good, man? Who's all there? Uh, we got G Higgs, old Drew Shellnut, and uh, uh, Griswold. Oh, wait. Okay. That's what's up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was going to have uh, a a guest on, but they mistook the day, or I misconveyed the day. They thought it was going to be tomorrow. So I was like, well, fuck it. We'll just, uh, we'll do it live and then see if Justin wants to hop on the phone. No warning at all. Yeah, that was was definitely no warning. I was like, damn, that was great. Well, we're here. We're in it. We're living it. Uh, I think I fell in love with Montana, so. I was going to ask how you like it out there. Yes, yeah, uh, more, more, more to come from that, but uh, pretty fucking cool so far. That's awesome. Yeah, went to Virginia City, and that's like uh, the old west, like basically preserved. And now it's just bars and fucking candy shops and shit. So that sounds cool awesome. Shit. Actually, got pretty wasted in a old saloon that probably fucking cowboy outlaws got drunk in. Nice, hundreds of years ago. Yeah, you did. So, <laughs> so yeah, that way. So they have the boardwalk up. So that was cool as fuck. Um, nice. That's really cool. Yeah, complete old west shit, man. Got to pet a few horses. I got pucked off of one, so that was nice. Wait, really? Hell oh yeah. shit! <laughs> uh, yeah, I was trying. I was trying to uh, met Kayla's dad. We're trying to fucking get me a photo op on a fucking horse, <laughs> and I was trying to bareback it, and uh, old horse did not like that too much. Oh so, no. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, motherfucker. I was still like, I was off the horse, but on the horse. And then I was definitely off the horse. <laughs> uh, and I almost broke my damn foot because it almost stepped in my fucking foot. So. Ooh. Yeah, wow. that's never any fun. Yeah, that was a sitch well, situation. An important uh, question Did you get back on? No, no, no. I oh. gave up on that pretty quick. See, that's, there, that's uh, some kind of rule that you broke there, I think. No. Uh, no. I don't no. think he had a. <laughs> They didn't have a saddle ready, so uh, we're going to bear back it. Sure. A saddle is definitely yeah. helpful when trying yeah. to ride a horse. Yes, definitely. It was an old-ass horse, too, so <laughs> he's probably just like, get the fuck off me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he is over the situation. Yeah. I've done this for years. Really like a, I am done. It was like a 20-year-old horse. So. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it was ancient. But, uh, <laughs> but that was cool. Um, seeing a lot of fucking... Real shitty views up here, man. Just mountains and sky and shit. It's weird. <laughs> How <laughs> dare That's Montana have yeah, just sorry. mountains yeah. and sky? Well, all these large fills and big ass mountains and we'll get back down sky here to our shitty, idiots. shitty roads as soon as you can. You know, don't get too depressed <laughs> out there. No. Well, oh yeah. Well, funny, funny enough, um, it's road construction season up here because yeah. they can't do it in the fucking wintertime. True. Because the fucking ground shows them. So 
every damn highway we've been on has been under fucking construction. So <laughs> it's not, not, not too different. Not too different. <laughs> oh, good. Well, there's a little bit of home for you then. That's yeah, good. It just, it just looks fucking good. That's all I can do. Look around. So. Man, that shit yeah, happened to me yesterday and today, you know, like with the truck and the trailer and everything. I don't like to yeah. turn around on streets cause it's very difficult and slow going. And it was one, like I wrapped around a block to be able to get back out to a main road. And there was like an active construction site, you know, like mostly in the road. Mm-hmm. There was like a, a fucking dump truck and a massive tractor trailer or like a, a, a dually with a big flatbed trailer, like kind of jutting out into the road. And then a guy on a skid steer, like kind of in and out. And I'm like, if he stops moving, I can get around him kind yeah. of a thing, you know. But there was like one flag guy with like on his phone. So I'm just sitting there and he finally like looks up and, he's like, oh. and he like rotates it around instead of stop. It says go slow, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then he like yelled something at the skid steer guy. And he like stopped and looked at me and like pulled over. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, fucking come on, you know? <laughs> and I rounded yeah, that yeah. corner and then got stuck in a similar situation. And then basically the exact same thing in a different part of town happened to me today. It was just lovely. Well, our public yeah, works I mean- group. Uh, just <laughs> deserves a medal, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're top notch mm-hmm. at what they do. Yeah, we are. We are ranked uh, highest in the world. In the world. In the on, world. On the world. On the world. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's yeah. crazy. On the world. On the world. <laughs> on the bass, motherfucker. On, on the topic. world. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyways, Jay, we're going to do a little light tweener on uh, just the concept of comedy. I don't know if you feel like staying on the line with us or enjoying your vacation without me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're—I think we're about what thirty miles out from where we're going, maybe. Oh, maybe we got 40, time to kill, so. baby. Yeah, I mean, I can—I can chat for a minute, I guess. Cool. Well, I'm going to start off by going around the table. What does comedy mean to you, G Hicks? Go. Oh God. Um. Well, laughter, <laughs> for one. In terms of. I don't know, man. That's a really tough question, and I was not prepared. Isn't it, though? I don't know. It's <laughs> um, fun. I don't know. I think it's meant to be... Never mind. Come back. Come back to me. I'm not ready. Skip. Got Skip. it. <laughs> Drew, go. Okay. To me, it's a um, kind of a almost a mental re- uh, relief, not just release, but a mental relief from the everyday and tying it in with the everyday kind of a deal. Yeah. That... Uh, just brings joy to my life. I feel very similarly. I feel like it's it's such a great way for me to either break up the monotony of a day-to-day and also deal with like stress and pressures mm-hmm. of the day-to-day. Pull rel- relations in. I feel like I'm really so. good at doing the zoom out in moments of high stress and going, this is pretty fucking hilarious. You yeah. know, if this is happening to anybody else or like future me is going to find this very funny. That's my way of coping. You know what I mean? But comedy has always been a coping mechanism for me. Like, uh, you know, parents split when I'm young, I somehow become the mediator between my two parents who Mm -hmm. hated each other for years, you know, fought in court and all sorts of just wonderful stuff for the developing mind. And, um, and then my brother was being a little cockass around that time too. And so like my, my mom and my brother were constantly at odds. So I think I figured out that like if I could get any of them to laugh during that really difficult time in all of our lives, it seemed to just kind of open the, the the little seal on the pressure cooker yeah. just a little bit. You know yeah. what I mean? To just kind of 
Well, I mean, and honestly, that kind of brings me to a, like a, it's a coping mechanism. Yeah. That's, that's my mom used to say, uh, you're all about shock value. Well, yeah. When you live in such a shit situation and mm-hmm. like mom is like, oh, you're just trying to, you know, fuck with me kind of a deal. Not really fuck with me. She wouldn't say that, but sure. <clears throat> all shock value, everything to me, psychologically that broke down to that deterrence of reality. It's like, nope. Hey, everybody around me is a little upset. Let's try to bring a little ha <laughs> right into this. Like just the way that I, like I talk to employees and stuff differently than most people think that I do. It's a situation of, Hey, don't be putting that shit over here. <laughs> yeah. You know, instead of like, Hey motherfucker, don't, don't right. fucking put your drink on this fucking stool. Dude, yeah. You idiot. In that yeah. context, it, like the way my grandmother would have put it, you catch more bees with honey than vinegar, you know, that kind of thing of yeah. like utilizing, like saying your piece, but putting it in a slightly humorous or, uh, you know, uplifted kind yeah. of context, utilizing humor. Um, I think it makes the whole situation a little easier. So what is what is comedy? Comedy is pain. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, I think it's 100%. a way of dealing with pain, right? And like, um, I mean, your, uh, your greatest, it certainly can be your, your greatest comedians. Yeah, that have all either killed themselves or died early because of killing Drug themselves. Overdose. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know. yeah. Dealt with a lot of pain. People were like, I would have never, I, I could have never seen this coming. They were so, they were so funny. They were. Yeah, we're always that's smiling. the mask. Yeah. Is, yeah. is that funny? Yeah. So. Let's extend this out to our uh, our uh, newfound cowboy out there in big <laughs> sky country. <laughs> yeah. uh, honestly, I think, uh, I think no true comedy comes without tragedy. And like y'all saying, like the, the coping mechanism and all that is a, is a big factor to it. But honestly, comedy is literally us just, like you said, coping with the shit that happens in life. That's why the comedians there are, as funny as they are, they've been through so much fuck shit. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so much terrible things have happened to them. And that's yeah. why they're so fucking funny because they can actually make light of the fucking bullshit they go through in the monotonous life that we all live. So without tragedy, you have no fucking comedy. So in turn, without depression and mental issues, you can't fucking be funny or laugh at shit. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, and I mean, obviously, obviously that's not it's, like it's a sad, it's a sad cycle, but it's you know part of fucking life, you know? right? And I, I don't think it's exclusive to people you know that have experienced immense tragedy or have some kind of you know like chemical imbalance, say depression or or bipolar disorder or something yeah, like that. But it definitely yeah, it's helps. Not, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely yeah. not. Uh, it's it's not the one all be all rule to be a comedian is to have fucking mental issues, but right. Uh, most of them do. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. Hey, I mean, you know, you gotta be able to not hold on to shit and be able to release it. Yeah. You know, and that comes with some type of masochistic fucking cycle in your life. I think so too. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and I mean, yeah. some of them like to do that on stage. Like two of my favorite uh, female comedians, Tick Nataro is one, and you know her going through like. Uh, two bouts of pretty severe cancer and then a gastrointestinal, like potentially lethal um, situation that she had miscarriage. Uh, And then of course, just like on the older, like she's not old by any means, but she's what 
She's in 40s. her later, later 40s. Later now. 40s. And she's been very, very gay, born in Mississippi, born and raised in Mississippi. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So she's dealt with a lot of shit. And something that she's yeah. talked about like early on in her career, she actually enjoyed bombing on stage. It was that level of tension that was in the room that was palpable yeah. by her saying something to a room of people and them not finding it funny. Yeah. And that's what she's supposed to be doing there is yeah. do something funny. She internally found that hilarious. And yeah. so she just worked on shit. bombing as hard as she possibly she did. could. Yeah. That and was like the beginning of until, her career. Until she didn't. It was like, if it's not funny for them, at the very least it's funny for me. So I'm going to do this again, yeah. you know, <laughs> which I think is incredible. Yeah. And then the other one is, um, <clears throat> Uh, New Zealand, uh, oh, Tasmania specifically. Hannah Gadsby. Hannah Gadsby mm-hmm. with her, uh, she's on the spectrum. Yes. And she doesn't really pick up on a lot of social cues and stuff and just kind of figured out almost, I don't know, we'll say mathematically for lack of better phrasing right now, on how to get others to laugh when she doesn't necessarily know why they think it's funny, Yeah, you know? And her whole thing is all about tension and release, right? Which is, of course, the whole point of a punch, of a setup to a Mm punchline. You're creating tension, and then you're saying something to surprise someone in such a way that gets that instinctive, guttural response of laughter, you Mm -hmm. know? And I just find that endlessly fascinating, you know? And I think it's it's musicians always not always but a lot of times want to be comedians comedians almost always want to be musicians mm-hmm. i think that they think the other side is a little greener yeah and they also think the other club is slightly cooler or yeah. maybe they're experiencing life a little bit better than than we are kind mm-hmm. of a thing and it is that correlation between the two makes a lot of sense to me because one you've got that performative bug in you and two you want to make the world a little bit better Mm -hmm. in the way that you know how to or enjoy doing that type of expressions enjoyable to you for whatever reason. And both are insanely difficult (laughs) to be, to be funny or to be really good at an instrument is probably about the same level of difficulty. I'd say. No, it's it's not easy to, (laughs) that shit is not easy. (laughs) No. No. Um, well, I uh, literally spent 10 minutes on my, my research portion of this little tweener. Diving deep there, buddy. I did a deep, deep dive. So this is the very first paragraph of the Wikipedia page of the history of comedy. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, do you, gonna, want to, uh, you want to answer the question what comedy means to you, Kayla? Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's get Kayla on there. Here you go. What, is, what does comedy mean to you? <laughs> I... What what kind of comedy? Hey, Kayla. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I understand the question. He just handed me the phone. Uh, I mean, it's it's insanely open ended, kind of on purpose. But just you know, oh. this, has it made any kind of impact in your life? Do you have any personal attachment to the concept of comedy, or have you spent any sleepless nights rolling over? Uh, you know, in in a Tossing and turning, trying to figure out, like, why do laugh? <laughs> why is funny? You know? <laughs> I mean, I don't think so. Like, I, comedy in my life is very much a form of somehow 
interacting with my environment while still escaping from it, if that makes sense. Like we use the like relatable experiences as a form of escapism from our day to day problems. Yep. And yeah, that's what it, that's what comedy is to me, I guess. Well you were right. Yet another on... form of escapism. <laughs> yeah, you're right on par with everybody else at this table. So I think that okay. uh, must be what Perfect. it is. Yeah. It <laughs> must be what it is. <laughs> a relative escape. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to hand the phone back to Justin now because I'm going to kill us on this mountain pass. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, she's going 80 miles an hour through a mountain right now. So. Yeah, she is. Uh, well, Girl yeah. after my own heart right yeah. there. Well, she's comfy up there. That makes sense. <laughs> but anyways, uh, as Wikipedia, Wikipedia defines it, comedy is a genre of fiction that consists of discourses or works intended to be humorous or amusing by inducting laughter. I'm sorry, inducing laughter, especially in theater, film, stand-up comedy, television, radio, books, or any other entertainment medium. I'm reading this because I find it hilarious. <laughs> the term originated in ancient Greece. Uh, in Athenian democracy, the public opinion of voters was influenced by political satire performed by comic poets in theaters. The theatrical genre of Greek comedy can be described as a dramatic performance pitting two groups, ages, genders, or societies against each other in an amusing um, agon, as they called it, or conflict as we would think of it. Uh, Northrop Fry depicted these two opposing sides as a society of youth and a society of the old. A revised view characterizes the essential agon of comedy as a struggle between a relatively powerless youth and the societal conventions posing obstacles to his hopes. In this struggle, the youth then becomes constrained by his lack of social authority and is left with little choice but to resort to ruses, which engender dramatic irony, which provokes laughter. Ah. Uh, I think that's been actually surprisingly <laughs> poignant. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I think most of the time that we feel overwhelmed or belittled or powerless and, you know, we are constantly evolving societally, uh, <laughs> emotionally and everything like that. The only way to kind of get your point across is through that Humor. kind of, yeah. That kind of form of expression, you know? Yeah. I mean, think about it like the, the age of irony, as I like to think about it, that we're kind of post now. But, you know, like um, just everything was ironic. Everything was meta. And then we went absurdist, right? Like uh, um, Tim and Eric is a great example mm -hmm. of that like post-irony kind of mm -hmm. uh, form of expression because we were just like, I guess in, in almost going for like a like societal shock value. Mm -hmm. You're not trying to offend. Yeah, you're just trying to confuse, you know, it's newly, uh, we get to the point now where we're pushing, pushing the envelope so far to see how much we can actually do. How can I make you feel uncomfortable, but still laughs? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, this is weird as fuck, but it's funny. You know what I mean? Well, like, it's becoming a lot harder yeah. too, because of the age of social media and the, the disassociation with just, reality and things being fucked up for these people who are being raised up and are disillusioned to the fact that what you're looking at is actually fucked up, but because you've been shown it since you can remember, mm -hmm. you think it's normal. That's true. So that, that yeah. also does not help with, you know, comedy and things of that sort, because I've been shown in my line of work now 
um, by a couple like 20 year old, 22 year old kids like, Hey, look at this video. And they're like, it's so funny. And ha 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 ha. And I'm like, yeah, it's fucking stupid. Sure. You know, it's just fucking stupid. Like what's, but I mean, you know, it's funny I, to them. And now, and I'm like, am I just becoming that old man who's just like you, fucking kids? Yeah. Or is it just our music uh, is just noise now? No. <laughs> Which you know, I don't feel that way. You know, I, I can still you know hear good things with that, but some of the stuff like with some of the Snapchat shit and TikTok shit that people yeah. show me, I'm just like, yeah, that's not fucking funny. I'm, I'm with you there with you. Like I'm I'm consistently conflicted about that because I mean to be. I love like a really well written, filmed, acted movie, mm-hmm. comedic movie, right? Like a Jim Carrey movie, you plop that on. I will sit on the couch happily for that hour and a half. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or like a really long like sitcom series, like uh, the good ones, of course. Like, oh. you know, we lost Justin because he's in the mountains. <laughs> yep. That's very true. <laughs> if he calls us back, he calls us back. Um, it's all incredibly subjective. Because of course it is, you know what somebody finds funny because of their life experience. Somebody else could very well be like, "What Drew said, that's not funny." Yeah, that's yeah. Because that's funny. not necessarily pertinent or um, doesn't quite align mm-hmm. with their sense of humor. Right. Um, I mean, I know you are one to really love well-written stories, jokes. Yeah. You know, scripts, things of that nature. As am I. But I also am like still so connected to that part of my lizard brain where if I see somebody fall down, pratfall, yeah. you know, physical comedy. Slapstick, yeah. Slapstick. It's still very funny to me. And mm-hmm. I think that goes to the core of when I was like a kid watching cartoons or, you know, Jim Carrey or um, Bill Murray or whatever um, when I grew up. Like that level of well-timed. Mm-hmm falls or um stunts have have always like yeah gotten me to belly belly laugh yeah um it doesn't like you know going back to your question earlier comedy doesn't necessarily have to stand in place of something bad that happened kind of like justin said like it doesn't have to be from a tragic experience but it is that level of reprieve Mm -hmm. of like this has taken me out of the you know, direct experience that I'm living in right now to offer that dose of dopamine and serotonin. And it is just that like reaction to, oh, that's happening to somebody else. And it's funny naturally mm-hmm. versus if it were happening to me, to me, it would suck, but it would still be funny to somebody else. Like sure. it's just kind of all plays into your subjective experience yeah and i mean i think it it, uh, you know on your point i think it depends on like the mood i'm in or if it's a nice combination of both because if you just watch a series of 10 second videos of of babies falling down i'll laugh at a couple of them but then i'm also going to quickly get pretty bored sure but if it's like a you know a like a deep introspective look at like you know the human condition and they fall down that is kind of getting more into my world of yeah. of actually really laughing at something, you know, like so more Murphy's like the, law, maybe, <laughs> and, and and it's also just like like you know like a long form like hour long stand up special that somebody has, if they can effectively incorporate both, you know, like 
tragic or heartfelt or ironic or like societally scathing kind of stories or commentary and stuff, but then marry Mm. that with like a special look that they give you or they, you know, maybe act out a quick moment and how they acted out physically is probably going to push it over the top. Yeah. For me at least, you know, and I mean, it doesn't have to even be either or both. It's, it's just one of those things. I think that like, you know it when you know it Mm -hmm. and it's one of the most, effective (laughs) ways of knowing because you fucking laugh at it, right? I really thought you were going to... You know it when you know it, and it's one of the most effective ways of knowing because you know it. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, where is he going with all this knowledge? Uh, Which I think is just a lot of fun. Um, Just uh, getting people to laugh, and I think it's also hilarious that Justin's not even going to attempt to call us back. He probably, or maybe he's in a big dead zone. I was going to say yeah, he's in Montana in the mountains. He very well could be out of yeah. range for a hot second. All right, moving on. I found an insider article: uh, the ten oldest jokes. Ooh. Okay. Which I think is going to be kind of funny. Okay. So a joke about a haircut. Number ten: Ancient Greece, three hundred to four hundred A.D. Uh, the 10th oldest joke was found in the world's oldest joke book called, oh shit, uh, Philogilos, Philogios, or Laughter Lover, written by Greek uh, Heracles and uh, Philagrius, I think that's right, in the 4th century. Uh, asked by the court barber how he wanted his haircut, the king replied, in silence. <laughs> wow. <laughs> It sounds like a, it's a, it doesn't sound like it's a really bad dad joke. That's a bad dad joke. It's a bad dad it's joke. It's the first bad dad joke. Yeah. Maybe so. It, I, it, I also it makes me feel like um, Monty Python on the Flying Circus. I feel like that would be yeah. like a little quick setup joke that mm-hmm. they would do for the scene. You know what I mean? Yeah. And how would you like your haircut today, sir? In silence, please. You know, yeah. and then some crazy antics happen. Yeah. You know, yeah. but oh, that was really funny. <laughs> uh, number nine, one about a donkey. This is also ancient Greece, 300 to 400 AD. Also uh, from Philagelos. Jesus, I need to really, I don't know. The ninth oldest joke in the world goes like this. Wishing to teach his donkey not to eat, a pendant did not offer him any food. When the donkey died of hunger, he said, I've had a great loss. Just when he had learned not to eat, he died. Wow. Okay. (laughs) Jesus. Greeks were weird, man. Yeah. Ooh, uh, your mom joke from ancient Rome. Uh, uh-huh. 63 BC right. to 14 AD. <laughs> uh, the Emperor Augustus was touring the empire when he noticed a man in the crowd who bore a striking resemblance to himself. Intrigued, he asked, Was your mother at one time in service at the palace? No, your highness, he replied, but my father was. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> uh, We've great. always been like this. That's great. We've always been yeah. like this. I love it. Yeah. Uh, ancient Egypt, 30 BC. Man is even more eager to copulate than a donkey. His purse is what re- restrains him. <laughs> mm. That's really good. A joke which is also a riddle uh, in ancient Ooh, Greece, like 429 BC. Okay, let's see. And Oedipus Tyrannus by Greek playwright uh, Sophocles, a character gives the following line, which is less of a joke and more of a brain teaser. Question. What animal walks on four feet in the morning, 
two at noon, and three at evening. I've heard this before. Answer. Man. He goes on all fours as a baby, on two feet as a man, and uses a cane in old age. Hmm. Ha. True. And also thought-provoking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, let's see. Number five, ancient Greece, 800 B.C. In Homer's The Odyssey, written 2,800 years ago, Odysseus indulges in some dark humor. Odysseus tells the Cyclops that his real name is Nobody. When Odysseus instructs his men to attack the Cyclops, the Cyclops shouts, Help! Nobody's attacking me! <laughs> no one comes to help. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Clever. Clever man, Odysseus. Uh, this is unknown origin, uh, 1100 BC. A woman who was blind in one eye has been married to a man for 20 years. When he found another woman, he said to her, I shall divorce you because you are said to be blind in one eye. And she answered him, Have you just discovered that after 20 years of marriage? <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Had he not seen her for 20 years, <clears throat> looked at her? <laughs> just, that's ridiculous. Uh, Okay, Sumeria, 1200 B.C. This one from Sumeria in 1200 B.C. is another brain teaser. Three ox drivers from Adab were thirsty. One owned the ox, the other owned the cow, and the other owned the wagon's load. The owner of the ox refused to get water because he feared his ox would be eaten by a lion. The owner of the cow refused because he thought his cow might wander off into the desert. The owner of the wagon refused because he feared his load would be stolen. So they all went. In their absence, the ox made love to the cow, which gave birth to a calf, which ate the wagon's load. Problem, who owns the calf? All <laughs> <laughs> <Wow>. right. <laughs> oh, that's, that's great. great. That's a good yeah. one. Mm-hmm. Uh, ancient Egypt, 1600 B.C. This is the world's second oldest joke that we have, of course, was found in the ancient Egypt uh, Egyptian storybook known as the Westcar Papyrus. It goes, how do you entertain a bored pharaoh? You sail a boatload of young women dressed only in fishing nets down the Nile and urge the pharaoh to go catch a fish. <laughs> That'll do it. <coughs> I don't, then, know, do I don't know if that's more chauvinism or, or, or a joke. I don't know if it's a jab at like the, the deity like leader yeah, of, right. of all civilization or <laughs> a joke against women. Who knows? Uh, probably about 50 50. I'd say it's one. about both. Yeah, it's a good call. Uh, and then the oldest joke that we know, and I know of this one, I don't know if I've read it before though, is uh, from Sumeria, uh, 1900 BC. It's a fart joke. <laughs> <laughs> Something which has never occurred since time immortal. A young woman did not fart in her husband's lap. (laughs) (laughs) Did they actually use the word fart? They couldn't have. It was their word for fart, yeah. It was their word for fart. Yeah, this is translated from ancient Sumerian okay. into modern day English. Because I'm sure it would have been like passing wind or something like that. Oh, it's probably something more poetic or naturally uh, occurring based. in the yeah. body. Yeah. yeah, you know, a south breeze or whatever. <laughs> you know? Just, but <laughs> a southward breeze. A broken breeze upon my cheek. Yeah, yeah, what? yeah. 
it's just funny to think of like ancient Sumerians using the word fart. <laughs> Obviously they didn't, but sure. still. Um, but that does go to show that just like we've, like I said earlier, we've always been like this. Like, yeah, we have. We, you know, you could pontificate that like we have gotten so much more civilized and technology has brought us, you know, closer to any form of enlightenment as a society. No. But if your no. if your wife farts on your lap, everybody's <laughs> laughing. <laughs> Everybody in the room's still gonna laugh. You know what I mean? So I, I so watch, ladies, I watch the stand up. This is your chance. <laughs> <laughs> fart and laugh. Fart and laugh. Fart and fart laugh. Fart in your husband's in or partner's lap. All Hopefully the at time. a dinner party. You know, in front of a lot of people. Yeah, that'll get the crowd. Preferably going. Um, with a microphone if you happen to have one. Yeah, or a lighter. Or a lighter. Definitely mm -hmm. some pyrotechnics would I, be delightful. I will say anyone <laughs> listening to this episode and to you as you guys as well, uh, I watched, uh, it, it kind of bled into this entirely. Uh, I watched a stand-up last night. It's Eddie Izzard's newest stand-up. Oh, oh, nice. How is it? It is fantastic. It's called cool. Wunderbar. <laughs> nice. I and, love Eddie. Um, I the thing with the whole, he was doing the, the Wunderbar tour for like a year and a half, two years, yeah. and his father died. Oh. And he came back to do this last one in like where his roots started in like this underground comedy club. Oh, cool. Where it's only like, I don't know, like 50 people. I was going to say 50 Holy seats. shit. Yes. How expensive and, are those tickets? But these people don't like, <clears throat> so the crowd is part of, an RSVP, like, like super, like you pay X amount to be part of this comedy club's like VP. So like a membership almost. Yeah. And so once a month you get to come see this high profile character. You don't know who they are. Oh, and so he, they yes. don't know that, that it's, it's going to be him. Yeah. Oh my God. And he walks out and he's just like, I've got to make this work. And it's the, the, that's awesome. He's all about full circles. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So for he that to come back, yeah. for, for that to come back, um, to him just being there in that raw situation because as a musician, you know, playing in a, a a little dive bar with 30 people in there in front of you juxtaposed to playing to a 1,000 people on a huge stage. Who are there for you. Is a lot different. Yeah. It's massively different. But it's more intimate in that smaller set, situation because mm -hmm. you're actually – you actually see the the individual reach that you can touch. Yeah. So it's beautiful in that way that it's presented as well. So he he does he he starts it off by saying, you know, like I'm going to talk about essentially from the dawn of time till now. Mm -hmm. And he goes through and in a very comical way and breaks it down very sub like substantially, but with comical bits. Like, no, that's true. That's true. It's definitely true. And it's obviously that. not, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, definitely true. But you guys should definitely check it out. It's called Wunderbar. Will do. And it is, it is a, it is a straight up, it, it, it's it's amazing. And he, he leaves you with a, a little seed at the end. Yeah. Of like a little intellectual seed yeah. of like, this is why it's called that. Nice. Oh, what streaming platform did you find that on, good sir? <laughs> I think it was Prime. Cool. Maybe. I'll check it out. I just look it up. Uh, either it's, this is going to sound convoluted, but either Prime, Hulu, <laughs> Pandora, or Netflix, which I'm, I'm pretty sure it's not Netflix. 
Yeah. But I'm, yeah, I think it's Prime, Prime or Hulu. Nice. That kind of brings me around to, which I think might be a fun little ender on this, is one of the reasons why personally that I love like the long form style, mm-hmm. like uh, Mike Babriglio is a really good example of that as a stand up. He will tell I know. a bunch of stories within this really long, overarching kind of story. Right. And it's like a modern day, like, Non wait secular non secular preacher in yeah. a way yeah. it's yeah. like it's it's life lessons it's valuable pieces of insight that mm-hmm. a very um, you know uh, oftentimes introspective uh, very thoughtful person has brought to the table that they think is valuable enough to like disseminate to a large group of people, you know, and now fucking massive audiences, like millions yeah. and millions of people will stream a popular comedian's uh, standup special. Um, I, I think in a lot of ways that that's kind of like for the greater good now and yeah. that it doesn't have to be this like theologically based, uh, way to never live had, your life. Never had to be that way. In a, in a better way. Of course not. It never had to be. I mean, maybe at one point in order to like build a society, but I think that's, that's the, also another reason to watch what I've just told you. Yeah. <laughs> but like theological belief systems are, are often divisive, right? It is very much that us versus them thing, but you're still kind of going after that like golden rule, that overarching way to behave within a society in order for everybody to be like happy, healthy, and being able to push forward. Mm -hmm. And the fact that, you know, a lot of of the better comedians, I guess you could say, um, or the ones with that higher message, if that makes sense, Mm -hmm. is... A pretty massive benefit. I don't know. That's something that I I really truly appreciate. Yeah. About. I think they have a lot to teach us, like you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. One hundred percent. Yeah. And I double checked, and it is for everybody out there. It is Prime. Prime. Where you'll see sweet um, that by Eddie Izzard, and it runs through essentially everything we just talked to, to uh, talked about today. Um, history of throughout a couple things of his life, and it's on those like. This is about comedy, but here is this lesson at the mm-hmm. end. You know, like this is something more kind of poignant. kind of yeah. a, a less dark Bo Burnham moment. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah. So nice. Speaking of Bo Burnham's most recent um, inside inside, apparently he's recently released how he made it extra footage yeah. on. I think it's like forty minutes. Yeah, I'm waiting to watch it. Kind of how I waited to watch Inside. I, I knew that. Personally, I wasn't in the proper headspace to go that dark. Um, and I'm glad I waited. I still haven't seen it all. I don't yeah. blame you. I mean, yeah. I, it, mean it is, it's, I watched about 15 minutes of it and went, I'm not here yet. Yeah. I think it's the epitome of if you want something, figure the fuck out how to do it. Mm-hmm. Right? Like he I, has consistently struggled with the concept of performing and yeah. and the concept of like trying to bring his pain into something that's funny for everyone else around mm-hmm. him as maybe a way to like fulfill some kind of desire or maybe like try and make his life a little less sad. Yeah. I'm not exactly sure. I don't know if he knows, you know, but no, he yeah. found himself stuck in a room you know, because of quarantine. And that's what he made out of it. 
dude, I fucking drank way too much tequila and ate too much junk food. And well, we started this podcast, so I guess something good came out of yeah. it. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, many things. Motherfucker learned how to like light a room and edit and sh- shoot film. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's amazing. Now, what he decided to do with it was very, very dark because he was in a really rough headspace. Yeah, but as were a lot of people. Yeah, and I think it was. I don't know. It was, that's just his drive, though. Yeah. I think he's like meant right to be there. Yeah, it's just that drive to perform, to make, to create, even if it is dark. As dark as that was, and the time that that was set for all of us, so, at which we should be able to relate to. Mm-hmm. For some, it was funny right away. For people like me, it's going to be funnier to look back on. So Certainly. like, and, and, and a situation like, uh, like the tornado in Tuscaloosa that happened, I, up until about two years ago, could not watch anything about tornadoes, Sure, you know, kind of a thing. And and now I can look back at it, appreciate what I did. I don't appreciate it, but you appreciate, I appreciate that you survived. Through right. It. And, yeah. and the experiences that I got from it. I mean, that's a pretty like awe inspiring, uh, phenomenon of nature, right. you know, but I mean, and so was the pandemic. Yeah. So, I mean, it is Very not. True. Not for everybody to just jump back in willy-nilly. No. You know? So take it, like you said, take it as it comes to you. Right. Yeah. So, And that that honestly, I think, is what comedy is. It's what it means to you. doesn't matter what it means to anybody else. Cheers. It's a, uh, what, it's that warm feeling you get after laughter. Yeah. How does that, uh, real laughter, not just like, ha, ha, ha. Right. You know, no, it's like, like the, that your shit that, that, that like you're you can feel the vessels in your arms closing because you're laughing too hard. Yeah. You're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's that rush of blood yeah. to yeah. the head. Well, when you I laugh so hard. That's, that's an, something that can't be taught. That's something that can't be trained. That's something that no one that that is as individualistic as DNA. Mm-hmm. I totally think so, too. I also think there's an excellent point to end on because uh, that gave me a little bit of uh, one of the goose pimples, a little bit of. Little, uh, little, little rush, pimple. little, little rush of feelings, you know, <laughs> to the skin. Each one a precious memory. But um, it's a secret. Oh my god! Well, since I'm the the stand-in host, I guess I'll go first. Uh, Grant Bramlett here. Everybody out there, uh, if you don't like comedy or you find it difficult to laugh or if you think it's a waste of time, I never liked you. If you've gone through some really difficult times and you've managed to, you know, make light of it and for the sake of uh, yourself, you know, you being able to like cope with that traumatic experience or almost more importantly, help others cope with a very similar traumatic experience through the shared experience of laughter. I always loved you. Wow. Yeah. I like that. Thank you, me too. I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> right off the top was, of the dome, baby. Wow. And he ruined it. And there it went. Yeah. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm uh, Grace Higginbotham, the in-house producer here, and I just want to suggest to all of you listening out there that things aren't always going to be funny, understandably. Sometimes we, we deal with some hard stuff, but... One thing that I always like to do is to make myself laugh at myself. I'm 
the funniest person in my mind to myself, and I highly encourage <laughs> all confirm. of you <laughs> to do something absolutely fucking stupid, ridiculous, like make up a weird dance move, play, you know, anything. Just slap your thighs and yeah. jiggle your belly or whatever. Something sure. that makes you giggle or, you know, chortle or whatever sub word you want. Maybe a snortle in there. Or you know snortle I mean? in there. I love a good snortle. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, because just that, that level of a little bit of fun is going to make all the difference. Yeah. Existence is silly. Fucking sure step is. in sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I'm Drew Shelnut and I'm saying, look for real, take, uh, the life experiences you have, if you laugh at someone and you're the only person in a group that laughs at that, fuck everybody else. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. You know? No, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. for real. Like, that made you laugh. Ha, ha, ha. You laughed out loud. You are, you have, you may have just isolated yourself, but it made you happy. It, it made you laugh. It gave you that warm feeling. Um, never run from that. Never hide yourself because you want to be part of the group or the fear of missing out uh, syndrome that happens. Grab what makes you you and run with it and never run from it. Fuck yeah, Doc. I like be that genuine. a whole lot. I like oh, that. thank That's... God. We got Justin back on the line just in time for his sign off. Anything you want to say, Justin? When I see the feet, it's a wrap. <laughs> <laughs> Profound words, Justin. Thank you so much. Delightful. Yeah, man. Really appreciate you dropping in from Montana to talk about drop those hot facts on us. <laughs> hot facts on feet. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, this has been an episode of a podcast called Friends, Facts, and Fiction. You know, do the little like, give us those five stars. Uh, please, for the love of God, email us. You know, tell me what you hate. Tell me what you love. Tell me what you think is funny. Tell me what you think is not funny. Anything, really. Just tell us. Yeah. Uh, but you can reach us at friends.facts.fiction at gmail.com. Uh, we also have an Instagram that Justin takes care of, so you can reach us there. And then uh, Justin's cell phone number, if you want to go that way, is uh, <laughs> 334. <laughs> <laughs> it's less fun to fuck with him when he's not in the room. Yeah, so I guess I'll stop. it is. <laughs> to be so mad at y'all but <laughs> thanks for uh you know dealing with us while everybody's taking their little summer vacations i think we might have another tweener coming up when drew hits the road yeah, if, in uh, september yeah oh in september okay yeah. great yeah, um but hopefully you got a little bit of uh inspiration or maybe a giggle maybe a snortle who knows who cares i know i don't this has been a friend's this has been a podcast called friends facts and fiction and we out Thanks for listening and stay tuned for the next installment. Find us on Facebook and Instagram to stay up to date on all things friends, facts, and fiction. Our Instagram handle is friends underscore facts underscore fiction. As always, please reach out to us. You can send any of your questions, praise, and fact checking to friends period facts period fiction at gmail.com. It's important to us to only propagate the truth and we'll correct any errors we may have made. Your hosts and researchers are Justin Hammonds, Grant Bramlett, and Drew Shelnut. Our episodes are produced by Grant Bramlett. Additional producership provided by Grace Higgs. Our recording engineer is Grant Bramlett. Our editor, mix, and mastering audio engineer is Jeremy Mulder. Lighting design is provided by Justin Hammonds. This has been a production of Friends Facts and Fiction.
I'm good at stuff. You're bad at stuff. I'm good at stuff. You're bad at stuff. And sex, 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 sex